Deep Alex, in. bro, what's up with that? Who are you? Dude, I'm I'm ready to moon again. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I don't bro. have anything. I don't have anything to wear. <laughs> That's so funny. Holy shit. Danny's a day trader. <laughs> I'm the day trader, bro. I gotta work. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that's so funny uh i thought that was intense it was like a gender reveal i was nervous <laughs> to, to see what everyone's thing was i wonder if tom dressed up yeah, that's the question apparently toby should be popping in at some point just to say hello but it's not guaranteed it really depends where he ends up is he partying right now i think so it's 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 like basically midnight over there or even past it so i think he's out and about if i had a guess it's only worth it if you work for it it's only worth it if you work for it i won't stop till they hear me now i won't stop till i wear the crown <laughs> that's awesome bro alex is going to the fucking moon <laughs> but he's riding the virgin galactic <laughs> Yeah, that'd like be great. Back, <laughs> back where oh, you're going. Man. I want, am I down or up on on Virgin? That's the real question. I think I'm down. I'm net down. I probably I, th- oh. I had a few good wins on it originally, and then I accumulated it a couple months back, and uh, well, I think that sealed the fate on my PNL on on this PC. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. I remember making money on the first run up when all the SPACs were just crazy hot, you just bought any of them and they would go up hundred percent like overnight. Yeah. And then I tried to buy it the whole way down and it just made new low of day forever. New yeah. Low of year. Dude, that's literally what it was. I bought it so many times, like as well uh, on these nice pullbacks and I would sell it at like a 10% pop. It would run up a hundred percent. And then I was like, screw it. I'm just going to hold it. <laughs> and then, then it decides just go down for the next two years. Luckily, I didn't buy it two years ago, but you know, still. Yeah, yeah that's not a good ticker. No. Yeah. What's it at right now? Uh dollar fifty. And wow. That's... Six, yeah, it's high with sixty-two. So it's wow. Oh my god, that's down a lot. Basically down ninety-eight percent from the highs. So there's it's a lot of six side is what you're saying. Dude, yeah. that's that's been my theory, but I would not advise to go in with that mindset. <laughs> On which one? 60% since July. Space. Yeah, and um, I was buying in August. Um thinking, man, I can't even go that much lower. But hey, if it's at a dollar, it could still go down a hundred percent. And if it's at one I don't know, 10 cents, it could still go down 100%. So it's a good uh, reminder, you know. It's not like, oh, it's down 98%. It can only go down two more percent, obviously. No, you can lose 100%. Can, it can still go down 100%. Yeah. So yeah, you can lose 99% every day forever, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thought, down. huh? It's kind of stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys... What are you guys up to today in terms of trading? <laughs> what's what's rocking the boat? SPC, SPRC, probably SPRC. Can. I'm solidly red on. Oh, um, I traded CPOP. I'm solidly red on that. That was disgusting. 
Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm small green on Pixie. I'm small red on RVPH. If not for being as red as I am on SPRC or CPOP, I'd be small green. There's just nothing going on today. Yeah, <clears throat> nothing with any sort of follow through. I made a little tweet about that, kind of saying, hey, it's Halloween, probably good to ease off the trigger. I wish I eased off the trigger yesterday because I hit a max loss day for basically mm. no reason. I just had one loser after another and they weren't even big losers, but you know, it was like a hundred there, 200 there. Then I made 50 yeah. bucks, another $200 loser. And that was basically like 90 minutes of trading max loss. And I was like, all right, all right that was really dumb. If I hadn't traded the move on RBPH really well yesterday, that one move that it had, I would have been green like 150 on the day. Oh yeah. And that was <clears throat> that was a tough one. You had to definitely be ready to go on that. Uh, yeah. Dude, SPRC been... looks terrible. SPRC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting to see if it wants to uh recover kind it of like RVPH did yesterday. It seems like it's inching over there. I'm just gonna share my screen for a second. So this is what I'm seeing in case anyone wants to have some retrospect here, I'll make this a daily chart um, as well. But yeah, a lot of these pops that fade to the downside. We also have this really long trend line that's giving some daily resistance I've noticed here. And I don't know, just a lot of upside resistance this ticker always has. So I'm not sure if we're gonna get much more continuation. Maybe, 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 but Right now, like 595 is this place to pop through. Then we got VWAP. Pre-market, I was kind of thinking this one looks pretty good. It looks like we're going to start maybe ranging here and then have another break over 7, 8, and then maybe 8. So that's I tried a few range trades, but they didn't really work. I made most of my money right here on this pullback trade, and everything else was kind of like uh, scratching around. I was up maybe like 450 on it, and I kept giving back after the open. And then I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with this one. I thought we were going to have a reversal here. Like I thought we were going to have this fake out move here and then just rip higher, but it didn't do that. And that's kind of when I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. What's uh, what's stopping you guys from trying to short these tickers besides obviously TOS, like, why don't you open <laughs> up like a $2,000 trade station account? Um, personally, it's like, I could do that. <clears throat> The funding isn't an issue. It's more so just it would be such a distraction from my strategy, I think. Um, having to go through finding locates, what do the locates cost? Analyzing where I might actually see a good short. Um, to me, it just seems like a lot of extra work that is not my main focus. I, it, I could be wrong. I could be missing out on a lot of potential gains, but um, a lot of people ask me that on like my Instagram post or when I'm doing mentor sessions. Um, and kind of like we were just talking about last week, it's like, I think the, what makes the most sense is to lean into where you're finding success and try to amplify that. And maybe I would be making some money that I'm missing if I were shorting, but it's kind of like <clears throat> trying a, a new strategy, a completely new strategy when you already have one that 
you know is good and you just kind of have to wait for. Makes sense. Yeah. That's that's my thought. Yeah. If I, I agree if with Danny. I weren't, oh. If I weren't having like any solid green days also, yeah. then maybe I'd kind of reconsider that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not easier to be a short. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you always just have that, like, fade that more, risk but... of it just ending really poorly. Yeah. I could see myself if I was in your position, maybe like shorting like a small position size early on, like maybe even in pre-market and just holding it all day and see if it just fades all day. And then maybe you make like 500 bucks on top of the day and you risk, I guess, maybe 500. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of just why. <laughs> yeah. Ross doesn't do much shorting, does he? No, not at all, because yeah. he trades in an IRA almost all the time, and he can't short in an IRA. That was the one thing I was going to add to what you said is I also, yeah, I trade my IRA, so I, mm. I can't short. I could obviously buy puts, but that's yeah. only for really large caps. It doesn't, right. it's not really a valid option for smalls. Then you're kind of really looking at a different strategy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I agree with Danny, just kind of staying focused on one thing. Even if I could short, I don't think I would. Uh, just a lot more to think about. And I mean, sometimes I short a large cap. Like sometimes you have a really nice large cap mover and it'll be trending down or it'll be extended and it's kind of a ranging large cap. I've I've done that a few times, but it's, you know, probably like below 1% of my overall trading that it's so irrelevant to even discuss. I do go short sometimes if TD lets me, if something is easy to borrow or if it's hard to borrow, but they let me have shares because mm -hmm. if TD lets me go short on a position, even if it's hard to borrow, I know it's only going to cost pennies. Their, their rates in the hard to borrow program are like negligible. Yeah. Um, so if something is like obvious, <laughs> I'll take it short, but I'm, I'm not really going out of my way to do that. <laughs> Yeah. What about Tom? Looking for anything that wants to pop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm read about a third of what I made yesterday, so it's not really a big deal. It's just like, could we just have like two green days in a row? Don't ask for too much. Yeah. I know. Bet better stats than me. I'm yesterday. I'm more, I was more red than I'm green today. I'm, I made back half my losses though, which kind of feels good. Uh, definitely yeah. better than back to back red days. That's for sure. Yeah. Yesterday finally got me back to green on the month Oof. for October. Nice. Yeah. After starting with a really disgusting first week. So at least I recovered that. And now I'm working into my uh, red from September. So just kind of trying to go slow and steady. Um, I went from like negative 300 to plus 3000 on the day really quickly yesterday when RVPH moved. So I'm trying to do my best to not take bad positions and over trade right now. Yeah, I have to close my TOS literally. If I if I see have my TOS open too long, I start, you know, seeing mirages in the desert that is the market and then i start doing really dumb stuff so yeah <laughs> man it's like if i see you guys saying 
So there's something worth trading the discord. I'll go back in. Or if it's obviously like, you know, 9.30 AM market open, I want to see that. Or if nothing happened at 9.30 and the the <clears throat> open was flat, I'll probably come back at like 10, 10, 15, just to see what's moving. Cause that's like another time period for spikes. And then obviously 7 AM is a big period for spikes. So those are like my times where I open TOS and if nothing happens, I close it. Yesterday I made the mistake. I broke that the kind of new concept, new rule I had that I made like two weeks ago. And boom, for the first time I had, again, reached my max loss ever since I made that new concept because nothing was happening. I had TOS open on my second screen and then some stuff occasionally moved and I tried to trade it, it didn't work. You know, not even good quality stuff, but I was, but I was like, you know, seeing it out of the corner of my eye. If I just had it open, yesterday probably would have been like a flat day, maybe a small red day, maybe even a small green day, but I don't think I would have hit max loss. So, uh, yeah, I, I really want to stick to that closing TOS thing for now. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. That's smart to come back at certain time periods. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to... Those pockets. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to not trade, right? But it's like, I don't want to stare at something that doesn't exist and then talk myself into something. Because it's, you know, mm -hmm. like, that's how, like, scalping you, ultimately, there's a little movements and you don't know if it's going to work or not, so you got to jump in it. But... <laughs> like sometimes when you stare at it too long, you start losing the picture of the greater, the, the bigger picture where it's yeah. okay. This is like a 30% mover. It's like a sub dollar. It doesn't have a catalyst. You know, you kind of forget about all that stuff and then you start trading like these random little pops. And then that's, that's where the mistakes happen. At least for me. Yeah. Get trigger happy. <laughs> what, what about you, Tom? How's been your everything? Uh, yeah. Um, well, before I start, I do like you guys' costumes. I did not. I don't have any costumes, but. Me neither. <laughs> I, I was going to think of something, but I don't know. I didn't really. Th I was going to wrap myself in toilet paper or something. <laughs> be like a mummy. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But. Um, no worries. Yeah, I, I, do, I did have a really nice costume, but um, I don't have it with me. Um, this month, as far as for trading, um, definitely, definitely feeling the struggle right now. I haven't had such a slow month since earlier this year, maybe about January or December of last year or November of last year. Uh, that was like really the last time I had like a really like slow month, like like a flat month, uh, which is what I'm at right now. I'm like 100 and, 140, 150 bucks in the green, which is okay. Um, I know a lot of traders are also struggling as well. Uh, Alex, you said you're struggling as well. And I don't, I don't know really what to, what to make of it. I mean, there's definitely was some opportunity this month. Like we definitely had gappers 500% this month. It's just capturing that move. It seemed to be harder mm -hmm. than it has been in the past ever since I've traded. Um, so if you look at just like sheer percentages, like every day there's always, there's usually a gapper over hundred percent. Some days you have 300, 400, 500% that we had the other day. It's just capturing that move. It's just, it, it is different. The market has shifted for sure. And I think the previous way that I had been trading, I think some of that edge is starting to disappear. Um, maybe because there's more of those micro scalpers in the markets and the algos are kind of adapting to that and um, kind of making that edge disappear a little bit. So 
I'm not really sure uh, where to move forward, I guess, from here. I mean, I could try like a longer hold time strategy as in that, as in like maybe four or five minutes rather than every 20 seconds. But um, yeah, I'm kind of just reviewing, reviewing my charts every day, reviewing my trades, re- reviewing my live trading archive and then seeing um, where to pivot from there. Yeah. But I'm I'm still in a state of limbo. How how much do you think that that is just market conditions, and you still have edge, or compared to your strategies, fully useless now? Um, I I don't know. It's it's still I think it's still too soon to say. I usually just based off a month, you can't really say that your strategy disappears. Obviously, strategies are go through periods of really good times and really bad times. That's every strategy. Doesn't matter what market you're trading in. I would say if I start to get to like the four month, the five month, or the six month mark where I'm just having flat months or small green, small red, then it may be start the time to maybe pivot to something else. Um, otherwise, I could just be like <laughs> trying to, you know, squeeze squeeze water out of a rock. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other the other day, and this guy was talking about how Usually when you have an edge, like a lot of people will assume that it only lasts like a year or two years. And he's like, edges last like decades. They don't just like disappear in a year. Like you shouldn't just freak out after one bad year and try to think that you need to completely change everything. This guy's like a quantitative trader though. So he's like really statistical and stuff like that. So I don't know. Um, I'm sure his edges are much like more deep than the stuff that like we create because he's been trading for like 20 years and he's trading like statistical edges and stuff like that but um yeah it's like how do you know when to pivot do you pivot after a month of bad trading do you pivot after three months six months a year two years like it's kind of hard to know it's really just a guess honestly then even then what do you pivot to whole different instrument i fucking would argue hell no you shouldn't like just trade options now. Like I went from like small caps to large caps with, with equities. And then I went to options, large caps, then options spy and now I'm future spy. So it's like, Jesus, that shit, that was all a waste of time, honestly, jumping around all the, doing different shit every day. But um, yeah, I'm also a bit traumatized from pivoting, not necessarily with trading because I haven't really pivoted in trading except once. And I did that for like a couple months in Q1 and uh, it was a disaster. But uh, just like with work in my past life, I did like a lot of different gigs. And the one thing that really where I made most money is where I stuck with it the, the longest. And it was a lot of software development that I was doing since I was a kid. And that's how I made basically all my money. And then, you know, I would, you know, oh, like, let's try this, let's try that, let's try that. And always kind of starting over, like, I'm, I'm super allergic to pivoting um, because of that. And sometimes I think I'm like super, like too anti-pivot. So I think it was really good that I read, read that book, Quit, uh, that someone mentioned here. Um, but yeah, I think with trading, you know, the, the, the market is definitely a bit cyclical and you just kind of have to wait till the setup comes back. Otherwise you might be confusing yourself too much, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's tough. You know, when, when would you pivot? 
I don't, I don't know. I guess, yeah, kind of like Tom said, once you have a few months back to back that aren't working, I mean, technically I should be pivoting then because that's like this year is a bit of a wash for me, but I think that has a lot of other issues and not necessarily just my trading. So I don't want to, I don't know, make any unnecessary changes. I felt like there was more I wanted to say, but it's not really coming to me right now. So if someone wants to take over, I'll get back. I feel like pivot is kind of an aggressive term. Mm. Um, I think adapt would probably be more like relevant. And I would say, I would say after a few weeks or a month, month and a half or so of a strategy not working, that it makes a lot of sense to dive into what's not working and try to adapt your strategy to the current market conditions doesn't necessarily mean that you're completely pivoting to a different strategy or um, changing what you're doing or what you're focusing on. Just the little details of how you execute that strategy need to change according to what the market is providing at the moment. Yeah. I also totally agree with that. Yeah, just little adjustments. And I think that's what... I'm more focused on. I, I think I generally like my my way of trading, but it's like, okay, well, the morning panic doesn't work anymore or the breakouts don't work anymore. So let me start accumulating beforehand. Just like little things like that, I think is the most important. And then ultimately you're going to have those months where you're going to be cleaning up much more than other months. And yeah, right now the biggest mistake I'm making is just like constantly giving back too much profit. And, you know, if I could just shave my red days a little bit by reducing my max loss or... I don't know, setting something up so I don't have so many, I don't know, sometimes I really just like, you look at my running P&L and it looks like, you know, <laughs> like water falling off a cliff where it just, it just gets worse and worse and I spiral out of control a little bit. So maybe if I just move up the spot, stop loss, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, it's, I think even just being flat is also not a reason to pivot like for you, Tom. Like if you were losing a lot of money every month and it was just mm -hmm. like you're completely deleting a month of like you like let's say your October deletes your whole September and then you do it again in November, then yeah, that's not good. But being flat, that's fucking nothing, dude. I feel like we yeah. care so much. Like me and Tom were talking about this yesterday in Discord, but um it's so easy to like go through phases of, of trading where you're like, oh, the money doesn't matter at all. I have these other income sources and I don't give a shit about that. And then like you start to make a little bit of money trading and it helps it supplements your income a little bit. And you're like, oh, that's nice. I want to keep that up. I want to quit my fucking job and have trading be the only thing I do because trading is the best job in the world. And then you do that for four or five months and then it goes away and you're like, fuck. <laughs> I need to get back to the point where I'm able to at least supplement my income a little bit. But in reality, your edge didn't fucking go anywhere. The market just sucks. And you just want to make more money. And I was telling Tom, I was yeah. like, to be honest, like to, to like this shit, to like trading, it's way more of you. Like if you're trading for more than three years, you're not doing this shit for money because you would have fucking quit a long time ago. Okay. Unless you're already obviously like making a lot of money within the first three years, which is pretty much nobody. So if you're not doing it for the for the money anyway, and you're three years in, why do we even do this shit anyway? It's because we like gaming, like we like solving puzzles. We, we're kind of like game people. We like solving things and solving the puzzle within ourselves and the market. So if we're going to just do that forever, then why the fuck does the money ever matter anyway? Because throughout time, if we just do this for 40 years, 
it's inevitable that the money will be, uh, there's going to be a point where the money will be so much that we will not have to work another job, but. Yeah, that's a great analogy, Colby. Basically the money is a byproduct and we just do it for the passion. And if you're just, you know, if you're flat today and there's nothing moving, just close, you know, just close the app because that's it's just not the day to, to trade period. And then move on. And yeah. Yeah. I like that. Other other challenges that people may have though is you know they may be committed to it for a long period of time, but um, if you're not making money, like you know you still have expenses, and in order to stay in that game long term, you ne- you need to still pay your bills. And you know what if you know there comes a time where you have to give that up because you need that that time to trade to pay bills and working another job or pivot to a different career path. Or, you know, figure something else out because, you know, you're five years in, six years in, and it's not really, you know, doing, performing as well as you'd like or well, well as you expected. And, you know, you still have, you know, things that you want to do in your life that cost money, you know, traveling, everyone wants to go, you know, travel and see things and, you know, at least, you know, drive a nice car for a little bit. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, people have their own goals. Um you know, get married, you know, that's an expensive endeavor. Um, <laughs> uh, have kids, you know, that's also expensive. So <laughs> no way there's, there's other things, you know, and, and, tra- and if trading's not working out and you may be sacrificing other things, other goals that you had in your life to pursue that pursuit, keep, to keep pursuing trading. And some people aren't, you know, able to do that. I think it's so common that pretty much every trader that ever like actually became full time, every single one of them always says, never quit your day job until you make like three years of that salary in one year. You know what I mean? Everyone says that. And so many people like me and everyone else don't want to do that because obviously, why the fuck would you want to work a job? But um, yeah, it's just so true, man. Like, it's just so much fucking harder. If you make no money yeah. in trading is the only thing. It's just like your psychological issues, 10x. Day one. Yeah. Immediate 10x. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. No, you don't got to do shit. You can meditate for fucking four hours in the morning. Your psychological issues is still 10x. Okay? Like, oh, my God. That's and that's so like good. just one problem. I mean... What are you going to do whenever you make money one month, you make like two grand, whatever. And next month you're down 500 within the first week. You're going to fucking shit yourself because if it costs two grand for your expenses, you're down 500 bucks in the first week. Okay. Well now you got to make 2,500 for that month. And it's just like, it's just terrible. It's so dumb. And the worst, you you can't, you can't do like overtime, you know, with trading, like you can't, Oh, I'm going to trade longer to make more. And that doesn't work. Yeah. If you trade longer, you'll probably lose more money. So it's yeah, it's yeah. really tough to force out money if it's not yeah. that time period. The time you just time. have to trade better. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> no. Force the market into anything. The only thing you're gonna be forcing the market into is a fucking knife <laughs> in your ass because you're not doing shit if you ever think the market is gonna just adhere to your wishes so hard to be objective though like how i mean it just takes so long for you to sit back and look at the market and be like okay here's the objective facts this is what's happening right now but then you know you start trading and you're like oh that's a nice dip oh that's a nice one oh that's another nice one and you're just fucking trading all day and you've no 
direction. It's just trading so hard, man. My worst days are when I get stuck in the market like all day, just trading garbage, tiny, tiny, like less than five cent moves up and down all day yeah. long. And you look up at the end of the day and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> Why am I still here? Yep. And even the if word. you're green at the end of those days, you almost yeah. feel like it wasn't worth it. You're like, I would rather give back these couple hundred dollars than ever do that, do that again. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. sure. And the worst is if you're green in the morning and then you give it back <laughs> at like 3 p.m., an hour before the market closes and you just feel like you just got, you just cheated yourself. It is, it has to be the worst feeling I've probably have ever experienced is yeah. Getting green early in the morning and just proceeding to give it back and just go red in the afternoon. That's my, I try to not put myself in a position where that's possible at this point because it is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was really solid green yesterday and I came back after the gym for power hour because I was interested to see if RVPH wanted to keep going a little bit. And I gave back two or 300 and made it back and then stopped. I was like, it is not worth being here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, RBPH, um, Tom, would have been a great one to, you know, have that longer kind of swing, not swing trade, but just kind of like a, you know, I'm going to hold this one with a stop. And I mean, I don't know if you guys are watching this ticker at all, but I'll just quickly share my screen. But yeah, I mean, it really found a base around three, five. and It was only trending up after that. But, you know, that's kind of what I was trying in Q1. And every now and then you see a ticker that does that. But I'll tell you what, man, it's it's tough because you get stopped out so many times. And even if it does go up here, like, are you going to, who says you're not going to take profits here? And like, you're not going to take profits at six, eight. It's not going to happen. And then if it goes to like $20, you're going to be like, dang it, I closed too soon. Most of the time you might get like a little 10% pop and then it's going to sell off. So that's what I found so hard in, in Q1. I tried it for like two, three months that holding longer, it makes you go absolutely crazy. You know, when you're up 15% and then you yeah. close for a 5% loss or something like that again and again and again. Yeah, I can see that. So it's a Toby's mini is <laughs> locking in. Uh -oh. Prepare yourselves. Yeah, so that's that's my take on Danny. What do you, what do you think on like these whole longer holds? I'm sure somebody does it in your your group. I've only seen a couple people doing that most people at this point are taking their profits quickly when they have them which i think makes sense but it's also the reason that we don't really have many extended good moves lately mm. because everybody all the longs are just kind of scared to take profit as soon as they have it instead of actually just like letting something continue going so i think most people right now are taking pretty quick trades and getting out it's pretty apparent from the volume in the market and price action and range on lack of lack of any of those things that that's what's happening lately. Yeah, I, I like that analysis. Seems like there's a time and place to hold longer. And if it's like if yeah. you could just do bad trading and still get lucky, that's probably the time to, to hold longer, like 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Hotter market cool. Cool. for sure. Colby's got me got me thinking about opening up in a trade a trade station 
account now to short. Short it I all. mean, <laughs> if if everyone's taking their profits quick, then you know, well, you just short off pre market highs and just write it down. That's I mean, that's been working this week. It worked out real well, and and on Friday. Oh, yeah. um, what was that one stock that went it like gapped up to like three dollars and fifty cents and then it faded all the way back to a dollar and then uh there was another one that gapped up like to one fifty and faded back to like fifty cents a share and within the same day right off pre market highs i for, i forget was it i n m maybe or i n yeah i n m s i think it was i n m and there was another one too um it's probably every fucking ticker at some point. V or V Y N E was another good short too. V V Y N E just shorting all pre market highs would have made you like a hundred percent. Yeah, that's why we always have that one ticker that goes multiple hundred percent because I think a lot of people are doing that right now. And every now and then there's a bit of a squeeze, but even the squeezes don't last that long. No. Yeah, if you were going to do that, it'd, it'd be kind of fun to even just fuck around and obviously use the smallest possible size you can and then yeah. try to create something from from, from like from uh, scratch. Yeah, like just like a thousand bucks and just see if you can develop a consistent strategy and then take it from there. Shorting is so different, though, where it's kind of like you kind of have to be those guys where you get one entry, you get one hard stop and that's it. You don't get yeah. to like trade every candle. You you start shorting every candle and you try to trade it like a long strategy. That shit will fuck you up. Yeah. The fees are yeah. more spiked out. You're going to lose more on, on the green moves than you make on the red moves because of percentage changes and all that stuff. That'd be kind of fun though to try. <laughs> it's not supposed to be fun, Colby. <laughs> <laughs> Trading's supposed to be just pain and misery. <laughs> That's where the mistakes come. Oh, this will be a fun little trade. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah, for real. How's trading going? Oh, it's great. It's been going well for a couple months. <clears throat> that Thanksgiving conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a tough one this year. <laughs> oh, there's Toby. Yo, yo. Toby. <laughs> hey, I'm the good stuff. <laughs> Halloween uh-huh. night. It is crazy here. I did really well on CDIO. Penny stock, but it was crushing like at the when the market opened. It was like it dropped down. I was buying the dip, buying the dip. And it started popping and sold on sold on the pop right when it was Reaching like the high of day, and it was a perfect trade. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking out at the Bangkok. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you guys, but it's crazy around here. <laughs> Toby, somebody was kissing you. I see that that lipstick. Happy on your Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Yeah, oh Toby's having some fun out there. There he goes. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, it's probably like one in the morning, maybe a little bit later. I'm not really sure because the time zone time zones just changed, at least in Europe. So we're only five hours <clears throat> ahead now. 
of America. And America changes in like one, mm. two weeks or something. Yeah. Or less. Mm-hmm. What was I was gonna say about <laughs> what was I was gonna say about shorting small caps is like if you know you get that one candle that you where you short off the highs and get that one candle to break the highs and if it's like you know is it gonna is it gonna just start to pull away and go parabolic and or is it going to you know wick out you know wick out the the shorts and then flush back down and then just backside from there and you're gonna be chasing short the rest of the way yeah or yeah and, and that time one when time i try to short that's pull, what happens too yeah and then when it does pull away you're, you're like you're shitting your pants like you're taking massive losses definitely is is a risky definitely different type of risk level than going long for sure yeah especially when it starts halting right back to back halts like you know people always say you can always cut your losses but sometimes you you literally can't and then the thought of taking a loss more than 100 percent is just man i that's that's not nice but for me, yeah. at least when I short the spy, if I'm shorting spy, I don't put my stop at the high of day. I put it like two points above the high of day because then that allows the people to get wicked out whenever it does do that. And that actually happened um, yesterday. I was shorting and my system was extremely negative. It was telling me that to short with size and hold. But I was it spiked through high of day and it spiked like four points through high of day. And. I uh, normally I would have stopped out, but since the system was so aggressive to the downside, I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to hold it because this seems like a good opportunity to break a rule <laughs> because of something that's occurring within the strategy. Because everyone always says, like, if you have a good strategy or whatever, you should know when to break a certain rule because the, the strength of it. And I did that and then it worked out really well. And I was like, damn, that's probably one of the first times that I intentionally broke a rule just because of the strategy saying that it was a good time to do so rather than me just being like mm-hmm. stubborn or, you know, making some feeling or intuition based decision. It was, it was pretty cool. Even in small caps, like if I was shorting a small cap, I'd probably put my stop like 10% above the high of day or something crazy like that. And I would let it ride all day, <laughs> end of day. sell, see if it fades, you know, that long, it'd be like a one entry, one exit, one stop. You get stopped out. You're done for the day. That'd be very hard, though. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 almost yeah. It's definitely. Um, the, it seems like the win rate for the 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 gap and craps are like eighty percent, ninety percent gaps and craps. But then you know you get that market shift and it's gonna flip ten percent of those ten percent or twenty percent win rate of gap and craps and a lot more eighty percent of gaps are doing the red to green pattern, you know, yeah, straight, straight to the highs, halting up and continuing higher. But yeah, right now it definitely seems like gap and crap is the main setup right now. Mm-hmm. I also wonder how like irrational of a fear it is to be scared that you're going to get stuck in something like top or something like that, because yeah. obviously like, Yes, the risk is much higher shorting compared to going long just for obvious percentage reasons. You can lose over 100%. You can't make more than 100%. It's impossible. But if you're a good trader, you should be controlling your risk anyway. Why the fuck would you hold through multiple halts up and you're just like stubborn and shitting yourself? You know, you should have your limit order ready to go the second you're even in the trade. You should have your stop and your target just set and you don't even have to do shit, you know? 
because if that halts in your stock, it's still going to get filled. But yeah, I would just say because it blasts through and it, you don't get executed. But I mean, if it's a market order stock, it should in theory, but yeah, <laughs> yeah at least at some point, man. Yeah. <clears throat> I was just looking at uh, the tickers now and I was looking at top again, man. That ticker was absolutely crazy, huh? From like, what was that? Like $4 or even less. Yeah, $4 to 260 is like a 800% runner. Yeah. I know the guy from MIC I mean, lost like 400K on that. Who? The guy from MIC. He's His name's like Alex Temiz or something like that. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. You guys ever hear of My Investors Club? Yeah, Both I think from you, them. actually. They have a podcast and stuff, too. It's actually really good. But they trade small caps, <laughs> and he's just a fucking beast. But he lost, like, 400K on tops. Made it back in, like, two weeks, though. <laughs> Didn't he just say he's coming out with his last video? I saw you tweet his... Oh, yeah, I was, t- I was telling him I would... Because I didn't know he worked for SMB Capital. But he actually was a trader on their desk for a year. Oh. Which is wild because he actually was a mentor for them. Like, I think they hired him like eight or nine years ago to do like a conference in there at SMB. And then I think a couple years after that, he actually was a trader for them. But I don't know. That's my guess. Hmm. Did you guys see all this happening on Twitter? Toby's pictures in the Discord. Yeah, he's having some fun, huh? <laughs> oh my god! It's all his Thai girlfriends. <laughs> he's got them lined <laughs> up. <laughs> you got to go out to to Thailand. He'll hook us up with all the parties. <laughs> Tom's about to book a flight. <laughs> his first 10k day, he's flying over. Hell yeah! First 1k day. I still haven't hit my first 1k day. You have wait. Mean, you've heard. I have not. I have not hit a one k day. No way. Nope. I can't even believe that. Nope. How close have you gotten? <laughs> like like seven seven fifty. Seven fifty. It's not far off. No. Not far off. But yeah, I mean, it'll come when it comes. But when it comes, I am fucking getting steak dinners and getting shit face drunk because <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> I deserve it. Dude, I'll tell you what, once you have your first 1K day, I guarantee you, you'll have the second one like within the same week. Yeah. It's That's, that's yeah. how my first 2K day was. It was just like boom, boom, boom. And I was like, all right. <laughs> then you yeah. have to be careful not to have like a thousand dollar red day. Yeah. Couple yeah. Back. Yeah. yeah. I've had multiple 2K red days in a row after that and then i was like all right i'm back you know i'm really humbled <laughs> market will definitely humble you <laughs> real quick yeah uh, if you ever find yourself celebrating that's, that's a dangerous dangerous moment <laughs> that's like the number one fucking indicator of a reversal in your PL chart <laughs> it's a cruel world yeah I, can, I honestly can't even get happy about green or red days anymore like sometimes i'll be upset about like my trading and like my decisions but like the actual money is 
I've, I'm really becoming desensitized to it on a whole different level. Like I thought I was desensitized to it like a year and a half, two years ago, but man, it, it really, I don't even think about it anymore. That's cool. That's probably what you need to do to get past that 2k day mark. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Cause right now I'm, I'm more like pushing myself. Like sometimes I just get like annoyed at myself like that. I'm grinding so much, but not, because I need the money or because of anything. It's just, I'm psyching myself out a little bit too much. Um, I can't wait to get out of that grind that I'm in, which will happen at one point, but I'm, I keep trying to force it. I that's for, that's for sure. And these stickers are real duds today. I keep yeah. just scrolling through and I'm like, man, <laughs> this is disgusting. I'm but watching ATGL to see if I can get anything out of it, but probably doesn't even really wait, which sticker are you looking at? P <clears throat> ATGL. There's just no volume on anything. Yeah, I think it would probably make sense to more just call it, honestly. I think there's a lot mm -hmm. of traders doing exactly what Toby's doing right now. And, you know, it's it's just like trading around Christmas. I find it to be not so great. Last time I, I only traded two days and then I would check. I checked like the days leading up and it was just like worse volume, worse volume, worse volume. I mean, think about it. People are traveling. Maybe they'll, they'll log in, get one trade in and kind of, you know, close it up, get green, get going kind of mentality. So I find usually around holidays or like three day weekends. I mean, every now and then you get that, whoa, super crazy volume day. And you're like, where the heck did that come from? But I feel like net, it's typically days you would tend to rather avoid, I think. <clears throat> so, yeah, I agree. What are your guys' thoughts uh, going forward here for November? Anyone like, and we could already talk a little bit about game plans. I have no hope. <laughs> I... For like the last two or three months in a row now, I've been like, I can't wait for September. I can't wait for October. I'm not doing the same for for November. I do think that some people, probably a lot of traders are uh, looking forward to November and December as typically stronger months of the year. Uh, but I just don't believe that or trust that that will happen at all. So um Maybe it'll be a, a self-fulfilling prophecy that things kind of clean up or heat up, hopefully, but I am not at all counting on it. Yeah, I agree with Danny. My faith in the market gods are, are dwindling at the moment. So if it happens, it happens. But I, I, I have low expectations as well. Well. I got a new job at McDonald's. So. <laughs> you know, you re remind me of uh, that character, Wojak. Is that what his name is? Yeah, Wojak. Oh, shit. Yeah, the fucking cartoon guy. Yeah, dude, because I think there's one video where he's literally yeah. with that exact outfit on, which makes sense because it's a McDonald's outfit. And then he's like checking his laptop at work or something. Then he's at home. He's down like 99%. Yeah, dude, the classic Wojak. <laughs> oh, man, so good. <laughs> So I think good. my favorite my favorite meme is um the kid uh some kid the uh the dad his dad's trading in the office and the kid comes through the door and he's like 
Hey, Dad, are you winning? Hey, son, pack your bags. We're moving. <laughs> we lost the house. <laughs> <clears throat> Dad, are I think you that's winning? the funniest one. <laughs> Dude, no. that'd be a crazy thing to try to explain your job to your child if you were a day trader. Like, what do you even fucking say to them? You know, in theory, it's a pretty simple what you're doing. Like, it's not too complex. To a dumb little kid, though, bro, I didn't even know what the stock market was until I was like 16. That kid probably understand it better than we do. Yeah. yeah He'd probably, probably say something really smart and you're just like, dang. <laughs> like, shit, I should have shorted that high day breakout. Fuck. Because <laughs> I feel like kids really break things down to like a fundamental level, typically. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They would say something like, well, why did... Why does somebody want to buy it? And then you're just like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, why would someone want to buy this piece of crap? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wait, maybe I should be a short seller. Nobody wants to buy this. <laughs> Boom, million dollar PL year. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I think kids are kids definitely check check you for sure. They're like BS indicators are high, I think. What's that one cliche? It's like you don't know something if you can't explain it to a child or something like that. Yeah, pretty much. Or or the teaching is like the best way to learn. Mm-hmm. So a That's a fact. That's Danny's a fact. Course uh, or what? What? Uh, what Ross made you guys do? Kind of outline your strategy. Yeah, being able to teach something well is, I think, really important. Yeah. I feel like if you can't teach or explain your strategy or what you do, if you can't teach it or explain it at all, you, it, it kind of means to me you really don't have a good understanding of what you're doing. That's what I learned with YouTube. Like if I was ever making a review or just analyzing any of my trades, I'll really quickly realize if I have an idea what I'm talking about, then you got to like check yourself real quick. But yeah, I think YouTube really taught me to have a good idea of of what I want to explain at a time. So really having a full understanding before you start a video, because a lot of my videos were freestyle. So you need to really fully understand something. Obviously, if it's a script, it's way different. But yeah, like you, you'll get caught really quickly if you just start rambling. You don't really know. So yeah. YouTube live streams will check you. <laughs> Dude, it was hard whenever I was live streaming spy stuff because I feel like there's so much little tiny just general knowledge things you need to know about like macro markets. And I would always talk about shit and I would be like, oh my God, I have no fucking clue what the Fed funds rate is actually. Like I know they just change it every couple months, but I was like, you know, there's so many weird little things like that. Yeah, but that's that's, the vocabulary is hard. Right. That's really why I enjoyed streaming for for the time I did and making YouTube videos because it like once the conversation or like, first of all, the conversations you have with people, uh, you learn a lot. People say, Hey, that's not true. This, you know, check this out. So they tell you what to look for. So you learn a lot. And then obviously the preparation. So before you, you know, you're going to talk about something, you're probably going to research it three times as much as you would, um, if you didn't have to explain it to anybody. So I think it made me a lot better trader with the YouTube for sure. Yeah, you spend all this fucking energy and effort and you're like, damn, that was real good. And then you get like 25 views and I'm like, sick, man. Fuck yeah. yeah. 
the, the, tr the trading field and for YouTube and like social media in general is really poor. Like, uh, I mean, you, you make any other content. I think like Minecraft is the biggest I think it gets the most. And then like, not surprising. There's like a dozen other things. I don't even know what they are. Uh, and then like, you know, fitness is really big. Just, you know, things that, yeah, I mean, like day trading is like niche, 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 niche. I mean, there's like, you know, finance topics, like, you know, what's the best credit card? Those do like pretty good. But then like, as you go, like, then like generally trading Tesla might do okay. And that's already niche. <laughs> so like yeah. when you're trading freaking SPRC, small cap, you know, momentum pre-market. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've, whenever I, so, you know, I called all these people out on Twitter. Well, I didn't, Lance did. So Lance Breistein went on Twitter and was like, hey, everyone that trades the S&P 500, that's all a guru and you all sell courses. If you are legit, send, I'll say, I'll give you 10,000 fucking dollars. And this is an incredible marketing opportunity. If you just show me that you've made $250,000 for the last three years. So I, he didn't like tag anybody. So I like quoted it and tagged like 10 of the traders that should easily be able to fit those requirements if they fucking are legit traders. And only two of them responded and both of them were basically like, no, I'm not going to provide proof because I've done a live login on my YouTube before. And yeah, it's just wild to think that there's so many people like that that just don't even give a shit and they're just selling all this bullshit and they don't even, uh, they don't even care to verify if they're even profitable or not. But yeah, yeah. Kind of, I was like, damn, is Lance we, we've had major issues with that in our community. Um, either there have been a couple instances where people have gotten themselves verified and our process we have a whole compliance team and um it's like very secure and in-depth and um important and so we have badge holders in our community uh 25 50 100 250 500 million 2.5 whatever um and you have to send in your account statements to the team that reviews them, checks through them, makes sure the math is adding up. Um, and we've even had like one or two people fake those statements, which is difficult to do. And uh, they were eventually found out. And then every now and then you get some people coming into the chat who just chat that they made 5,000 or 10,000 a day or whatever. And yesterday they made 12,000 or whatever it is. And so we have a policy at this point of um, if somebody is sharing their PL over a verification level that, you know, we'll just gently be like, Hey, you should apply for your badge. And um, most of them don't and, or not most of them, but some of them don't. And then some of them, uh, kind of disappear funny enough um so there are a lot of fake traders out there and you kind of have to be careful with who you're paying attention to mm -hmm. or who you're following and what claims they're making because half of them are fake yeah i bet yeah. 90 percent of them are fake honestly mm-hmm yeah, it's a pretty grindy, uh, grimy industry for sure. That's why I really enjoyed the podcast just because it's like, is everyone's perspective. And, uh, you know, we all have our pretty good track record at this point. We all trust each other and we just, you know, we know each other because we show up every single day now for the last, you know, at least almost three years. So it's uh, not 
Yeah, it's it's just like a good group because man, yeah, you don't really know what's out there usually. Yeah, it's as I mean, Colby Colby does a lot of research on these different traders. You 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 know best, I think, more than the rest of us. Yeah, it's, you got to be careful with the finance sad. world because people, if there's money to make, money to be made by not being genuine, and there is, um, people are desperate. So <laughs> there are a lot of people out there that are faking their gains and just selling garbage or <clears throat> faking what they're making uh, for some less than savory reason. Yeah, And it's so just, there's such a weird, like, like if you have to, if, okay, to be one of these marketers, this is a full-time fucking job, first of all. Okay. That's step one of just, why would you, how are you trading in your marketer full-time step one of weird step two if you're a trader and you actually make legitimate income, why the fuck would you ever tell anyone how you do it? Number three, the second you even get to the word strategy, you've already lost pretty much every trader because 95% of all traders that start are going to be gone in the first year. Okay. So this like all those guys that are gone, if you, okay. So you're a super heavy marketer. You're working all the time doing that. You're not actually trading Well, you trade 20 minutes a day and you tell people you trade support and resistance and it works all the time. Bullshit. You, uh, should be making more money from trading than you're actually mentoring anyway. Um, what was my last point? Either way, it's just such a, it doesn't make Hopefully. any fucking sense. It just makes no fucking sense at all to be a marketer making millions of dollars, but you want to sell that to people. But the information you give out is only so non-nuanced that the the first year starters can understand it because that is 95% of day traders. The second you go past a year, you already lost pretty much everyone that's going to pay for a service because after a year, you realize you can't really pay for money to be to make money in the market. You have to learn yourself. You have to go through the ground yourself. It doesn't work. So it's just like all these weird things that just don't add up at all. And then even like Umar Ashraf, he, one, supposedly one of the best traders pretty much that is on Twitter. He made like $7 million in 2022. He made $3 million last year. He's made like 2 million this year to get a free 10,000. He owns Tradezella, right? It's 50 bucks a month for his trading journal, which is a fucking insanely dumb amount of money. And he, and he, he tweeted back of that tweet. He said, I'm getting tagged here a lot. So just so you all know, I've done a live login before. I'm not going to prove it again on Twitter, whatever. Why would you not? It's $10,000 and you're getting all this promotion for Tradezilla. Like, I just don't, it's so fucking easy to just download the statements and send them to Lance Breitstein and just be like, do with, do with what you wish. I don't give a fuck. Like, it's like any argument you have that you don't have 10 minutes of your fucking day, but you're a master marketer and you spend fucking 40 hours a week marketing, but you can't spend 10 minutes going into TD Ameritrade and clicking send statement mm -hmm. button is just a bullshit argument. I don't care what the fuck you're saying. It's, it's a fucking, it's just doesn't make any sense. Where's the logic behind that? There's none. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was uh, looking at a post yesterday on social. One of the guys that I follow who uh, I know he's a good trader, but um, some of the things that he says him and another guy who I follow who pretty much never share red days which is a red flag um but the guy's post it made sense it was a it was a trend line against spy and um it was a trend-based <laughs> trade basically but the guy was saying that he's doing one trade a day and he's looking for 
the trade that he can 99% guarantee if he gives it to chat, they're all going to bank on it, which is problematic for a number of reasons. Number one, the SEC looks at that as market manipulation. If you have a chat room that you're saying, hey, everybody buy this or everyone sell this. Mm. Um, Huge problem there. Number two, there is no possible way to 99% guarantee anything in the market. The best setup can still be a 50-50 setup in the wrong market. Um, it's, it's irresponsible for a number of reasons. Yeah. And it's sad because the only people that'll fall for that are people that have been doing this for less than a year. Yeah. Which is the masses really. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you, if you want to make good marketing content, you have to kind of sell people on the dream, right? Kind of like think about Tim mm-hmm. Sykes, like one of the OGs, like retail trader, um, marketers. And, you know, he's, he's a pro trader. He does make money from it, but he makes obviously a lot more money from his, uh, sales. But yeah, I mean, you, you have to sell <clears> the dream obviously with, with, uh, with day trading stuff. Why else would somebody get into it? Uh, I think you can, I mean, obviously like you can put your, all your strategies into your course. I don't, I'm not necessarily worried about like my strategy getting saturated or something like that. Cause we talked about this before impl- implementation is totally different. Um, so I'm not too, you know, skeptical that people with courses don't make money, but yeah, I think most people with courses probably are just, are just scammers or, you know, trying to make their money that way. And I don't know a lot about this Umar guy, but, uh, yeah. Uh, if you go on his Facebook, you could really tell like he's he's a YouTuber. He's not a trader uh, or his uh, his YouTube channel. It's definitely like if you ever seen actual traders, their YouTubes are just totally different. Um, so that would make me a little bit skeptical. But who knows? Maybe he just has a really <laughs> My good channel is barren. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe he just has a good, uh, I don't know, knack for YouTube. But I, I, that would make me skeptical, obviously. I think probably the, the cleanest trader with a youtube channel is probably steven ducks and that's even like many levels more relaxed than uh this omar guy so that would that's probably what would make me suspicious you should uh you should look into christian kulamagi as well <laughs> he's a piece, yeah uh retail trader net worth in at least the eight high eight figures now well Maggie, he's in, he's worth like 200 million now yeah that doesn't surprise me i'm pretty sure he made like a thousand percent in like 2020 and he was worth like 20 million at that point or some crazy shit like that i don't or like 800 percent maybe there's definitely people out there that provide insane value like way more value than you could ever imagine like go shock uh g-o-s-h-a-w-k on Twitter, he's constantly posting statistical analysis of different things in the market. And he it's all free content. Like I think that most of the people that are those high level traders that are legitimately trying to help people, a lot of their content is just going to be free because 25 people are going to find it per year because there's no fucking traders that last that long where they're going to go look into a, a whole market profile course. You takes you two years to even know what a market profile even is. So why would you even learn about that unless you're already deep into it? So 
there's definitely people out there that are legit, but if there's people out there that are just constantly uploading shorts, constantly uploading YouTube videos, all their YouTube videos seem extremely surface level. They have a thousand dollar course. They deny any time that someone says prove that you're profitable. I mean, sorry to say it, but 9.99999 infinite out of 10 is they are scammers. And that's just a fact. If you if you go to Kula Maggie's website, there's nothing for sale. It's he he shares his Twitch chat and Discord rules and stuff and his best setups, but there's nothing. It's just like a basic blog looking website. There's nothing for sale. That's the thing, too, is a lot of their websites are the people that provide value. They're fucking ugly. They don't have good. Not the person. The website's ugly. Like, you know, the YouTube <laughs> is ugly. They're not making super insane videos. Like I watched Call Maggie two years ago and his his YouTube. Look at his YouTube. If you go to his older videos, they're, they're just, just like long. two hour live streams. And yeah. right at the bottom, it says read this or fuck off. And it's like a whole list of what he does because he doesn't want to answer people's questions all day. So it's literally just like yeah. a shitty live stream packed with value. But look right there, it says it. Read this or fuck off. That's so good. Or ZZ. Oops, I bookmarked And look, they have a thousand views and 2000 views. Why? Because no trader wants to see this shit. They want to see fucking your Lamborghini and your fucking million dollar house in Colorado and you're on your ski trip and whatever. Yeah, that's what my streams were doing about like 2k uh, at their peak, and uh, but yeah, it's it's a small it's a small niche for sure. And then you have uh, yeah the Omar guy, which is I guess I'll just pull it up again here for anyone uh, that wants to see it. But you know, it's um, it's it's different. It's it's YouTube content. It's it's entertainment content, and that's that's kind of what would make me skeptical uh, of this guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have to explain it. You guys kind of get it pretty quickly, I would say. And so. he said on the tweet, he said, uh, first of all, I don't sell group chat or alerts. I have posted live logins to my broker showing PL year to date, and I don't trade indices every day or trade every day in general. First of all, the third part doesn't even make any sense. He's not saying you have to trade every single day. Um, the first one saying, I don't sell a group chat or alerts. Well, you sell TradeZella and it's $50 a month and it's a trading journal. You you portray high level of trading skill to convert to sales. That is what you're doing. He's not portraying a high level of trading just so he can fucking be a high level trader. No, he has a product for you to buy that you should trust because he's a millionaire trader. So it's like he's saying, oh, I don't sell alerts and Discord services. That's not the fucking point. You're still selling a service portray portrayed by high level of skill of trading so it's like what's the difference i don't know it's like the fucking same shitty gift wrapped in a different fucking wrapper you know gotta love colby's rants yeah no i, I, I do though uh, <laughs> uh you're probably not wrong uh, again i have no idea but uh it, there's definitely some suspicious things going on um so before we take up everyone's Halloween too long, any any final thoughts before we wrap it up here? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just trying to stay safe. Trying Just trying to, to stay alive. And uh yeah. yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. You know, alive till till we thrive, as cheesy as that is and cliche, but that's basically what we're doing right now. So there's not anything too surprising going on. The Fed is going to raise rates by 25 basis points tomorrow. And uh, yeah, that should be the last one, hopefully. 
that's actually a really good uh point you made because there's that's yeah that's tomorrow and then there's also friday there's the unemployment rate coming out so oh i don't hopefully that is actually up because then they could reduce the interest rates but if that goes down they're gonna might might keep spiking interest rates but we'll see what happens i don't know it's a confusing world right now Yep. Good news is bad news and good news is also good news, but bad news is good news, but bad news can be bad news. So be careful for the bad, good news. That's yeah. why we got you to help us. That's it all. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to me though. I'm still dumbass. So. <laughs> all right. On that note, enjoy the Halloween, everyone. Don't give out too much candy. Mm. We already got an obesity problem here in America. <laughs> <laughs> yep 75 <75%. laughs> percent it's absurd oh absurd numbers <laughs> all right guys danny don't overtrade <laughs> all right yep take it easy guys later boys. See you guys yeah, everyone.